0: all right hey what's going on it's bill bird it's time for a thursday afternoon just before friday monday morning podcast and usually i'm just checking in on you to see how your uh your work week's going and that type of stuff you know to run my yap and every once in a while i have a special guest um and this podcast is uh one of those special guest ones i have from a guy i started out with well i learned from when i started in boston um He has gone on to tour the entire friggin' world. He's been in like every Fairly Brother movie since Something About Mary. And now he's (laughs) landed a series regular role on, is it on Amazon?
1: Amazon Prime.
0: Amazon Prime hit uh, Louder Milk starring Ron Livingston, Will Sasso, Brian Regan is in it. And the one and only Boston comedy legend, Jackie (laughs) Flynn, everybody. Yeah, uh, me give me a big head, Bill. <laughs> I am. No, I'm giving you a nice. You got a beautiful Hollywood head. I always felt <laughs> you. You know, you got the jaw, you had the head, you had everything. Like actually, this side by side, you got on one side what Hollywood was looking for, and then you got me.
1: Yeah, I'm yeah. more of
0: the. Uh, I'm what's known as a uh, character actor. Go. good looks. <laughs> 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 That's the way of saying you're a weird fucker, but we'll find a place for you. Will fit you, so, in. Um, dude. I got to tell you, I watched the pilot of *Louder Milk*. Uh, Ron Livingston, who I worked with a long, 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 long time ago, a lot of hair mm-hmm. ago for me. Uh, I yeah. love seeing him being the lead in anything. Yeah. I always watch his stuff, so it was great to see him. And uh, I watched the pilot. It's basically about a guy. Uh, I don't know how would you a curmudgeony guy who yeah, he kind of you know his first wife died. I don't want to give away too much
1: but in a very tragic way that burdens him, right? Yeah, you're, you're you're close, but there's a little bit of twist and stuff in there, but yeah, that's that's basically okay. it. Okay. But,
0: All right, I only saw the first one. Yeah, I but know. It, was it really they, it it was a lot really of stuff fun.
1: afterwards, but yeah. And how many episodes did you guys do? We did uh 3 seasons of 10 each, so 30 episodes. And the hope is is that it does well on Amazon Prime, and then they decide to you know make more seasons. Because Peter Farrelly produced and uh, you know directed it with Bobby Mort, uh, they envisioned this being you know eight nine episode uh, seasons. Excuse, excuse me, uh, eight nine seasons long. So we're hoping mm-hmm. we get the chance because we got so much stuff to delve into. It's just starting. It's just getting going really, and we, we've had a blast. And it's getting it builds every every season. So you're already
0: three it. seasons in. How do you keep up with what the hell's going on? How the
1: hell well, you've been a series regular on something for three seasons? And you yeah. haven't rubbed that in my face. Well, you know, I, I, I you know, I still <laughs> wouldn't, I, I still wouldn't be able to come close to your, uh, what you've been doing. But let me tell you, Bill, it, we shot it up in Canada, and it was on the Direct TV's Audience Channel, and nobody saw it, you know, forever. And then DirecTV uh, kind of merged with HBO or bought HBO, and then now the HBO Max is there, so they be, they made our channel, the Audience Channel, on Direct TV, a preview channel for HBO Max, and so we had no home. And then they've been shopping it, you know, hopefully trying to find a home for it, and finally, you oh, so finally found a home. Yes, thank God.
0: Good deal, good deal. Well, I'm yeah, I'm excited. Well, now I'm gonna try to watch the whole thing. It's called Louder Milk, which I was like, what does that mean? Like, yeah, is, did you spike the milk? Is the milk gone bad? It's just the guy's last name. Yes, Louder yeah. Milk. Sam Louder Milk. Sam Louder Milk. You know, I worked in a movie one time, and the head bad guy's last name was Clap Hands clap hands his first name was mister his last name was clap hands i had to be like hey i'm fucking working for mr clap hands yeah don't touch him stay away don't from touch mr Claphands. it was a fun movie though it actually you know it's a good movie too but like that i like when they actually come up with some sort of you know offbeat name yeah, like, I, yeah like I like that it's few... called louder milk
1: because you go louder milk what the fuck does that mean and then you click on it you know it's funny too this guy's there's actually a congressman from like, I want to say North Carolina or something. That's Congressman Loudermilk. If you, if you Google it, you'll see it comes up like with uh, underneath like, that's, uh, I never heard of that the name, Loudermilk. I, I actually didn't know it was the last name. How did Peter come up with that name? Did he no idea. Like- I don't know. I, I don't know if he even did. I think it might've been Bobby Moore. I want to say for some reason, but I'm not sure. They created the show together. And then, uh, you know, we all write me and Jimmy Dunn actually wrote, uh, with Pete a couple episodes. Uh, together uh in season uh, two and three. Dude, you're all over this thing.
0: I love it. And you got you're playing uh you're on here to promote that you're gonna
1: be at uh Crackers in Indianapolis uh this yeah. weekend, right? Friday and Saturday, two shows, one at eight each night. Just two shows, one Friday, one Saturday. So what's that? May
0: 28th, May 29th.
1: Yes, I'm go I'm out there for the Indy 500. My uh, I, yeah I told you my daughter's boyfriend's an indie car driver, which is the other the craziest thing in my life just wait is he driving in that race driving he's in second place he almost won the pole position by a three hundredths of a second he lost it to uh scott dixon because he had some tape flapping on his car and it slowed him down he should have taken the pole holy shit it's crazy i went over to jackie's house people watching this thing i went over the other day uh
0: we watched a bruins game before the playoffs started smoked some cigars and all that type of stuff and uh i met him briefly. I didn't know
1: he was racing at that level. I just yeah yeah. I don't know enough about racing. I just I was like, all right. just I didn't either, and, and now I'm like all in. I mean, I, I'm going to the, you know, I've been <laughs> like I'm watching. I I know what kind of what every means qualifying you know, you know, and, the and you know and laps and you know pit stops and there's a lot more that goes into it than you have no idea. You know, growing up in Boston, I you know was a Boston you know fan of all you know just baseball, basketball, football, hockey. And racing right. would be there, and you kind of go, oh, okay, you know, whatever. I, I just never really knew what it was, and now all of a sudden I'm a. I'm, I'm a Have fan. you ever been to a uh, Indy Five Hundred? Yes, a couple of years ago, I went the first time to see Colton, and we're all excited. And Colton's car shit the bed, and he, he it was five laps. He only oh, lasted no. five laps out of five hundred, and uh so now we're hoping, God willing, he'll be better. You know, but it's also terrifying. The more I know did, the kid you... and love him, it's terrifying watching.
0: Yeah. Did you notice? um what's hilarious when i went to indy 500 a long time ago mid 90s yeah what was funny was the level of intelligence in the pits yeah and then right across the track when you went into the stand all of us animals yeah you know that welcome race fans and back then you could bring your own cooler in and just get fucking oh, yeah. blitzed. yeah so there's just like you know there's not saying there's not some drunk gearheads in there but for the most part was a yeah. bunch of animals like me. And we, and we, you know, you you just bet every car. Like, say yes. there's, whatever, there's 40 cars. You got five cars. You got five cars. I got five. Everybody's, yeah. like, putting money, and you're betting it, like, 50 different ways, just getting absolutely shit-faced. Yeah. And they're literally sitting there. If one piece of whatever is out of alignment, they go from first place to second place or maybe back to fourth place. So yeah. um, I always got kind of, like, you don't see that in F1. F1 has a really snobby... Sort of rich richie you know, fucking Uinati like crowd. But like the yeah. Indy five hundred yeah, party, era. man.
1: I love it. It's great. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm really into it way more than I thought I'd be. And I you know, of course I got a dog in the fight, you know. So, you know, I was on fucking Michael Vick here. But no, I got a dog in the fight, you know, and I I I give a shit, you know?
0: <laughs> well, tell me about uh I started in Boston in nineteen ninety-two and you were Jeez. just one of the guys. Yeah, that you're just like this guy's fucking funny. This was back when you know we were all trying to get on like Star Search and yeah. comedy on the road and all of that shit. And, I can uh, remember. remember. go ahead. I'm sorry. Do you remember that showcase when uh, Ed McMahon came to the Comedy Connection in, in Boston, and it was like the deal was like he was he was going out on the road this season yeah. to 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 see the talent in person. I think what was really happening was the ratings were slipping. Yeah. So he had to go out. He had to go out and go do a tour. And I remember he was there with this chick. He was over (laughs) in the corner. So I never did the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, but I performed in front of Ed McMahon. He sat way up, stage left, you know, over in the corner. Sure. Yeah, we all went up trying to, like, took all our dick jokes out. We all tried to be, like, squeaky
1: clean. Well, I didn't didn't do that because I had already, prior to that, a couple of years earlier, lost on Star Search. So... That's how long I was. It was like I think I went on it like 90. I think I did Star Search, and I I lost uh, a terrifying experience. You know? <laughs> yeah. What was that like? Did they shoot that during the day? Was it at night? It was uh yeah you know, like the late afternoon. It was down in Florida. We shot it. They used to shoot it in Hollywood, I think, and then they shot it in Florida, like Treasure Island down there. You know, like a Universal area there, and uh, it was just crazy. And I I lost a I'll never forget. I lost a Catsy Chappelle who's a comic. I don't know if you ever heard of Cassie Chappelle and she literally had like a big like wig thing on. She like almost like pulled her head off at the end of the show. Like that was her big thing. Like and it, just, it was just the craziest thing. And uh, I thought did you I, have I thought, to go on after it. No, I, I did. Uh, I think I went up. I got I got three point four star. I, I, you get four stars. I got three point nine star, whatever I got. I got like, like as much as you can get without getting four stars, and she got four stars and beat me. And I was oh. like, I want an investigation. <laughs> it was like, you were know. you in the money round at that point? No, I was just starting out. You know, I was just trying to, you know, whatever. But I mean, I did as good as I could do. You get two minutes, you know? I mean, I, I felt like a, a friggin' egg, you know? It's just ridiculous. <laughs> well, as people
0: will notice, dude, you're the rapid fire guy. So, like, in those two minutes, what did you do?
1: 40-50 jokes? I, I probably did. Besides, I don't think there's anyone faster besides Gavin, maybe. You know, <laughs> I mean, Gavin, you know, makes me look slow. Uh, but I can remember, Billy, when you said you came around, I remember 92. I can remember like clear as day, you hanging out. We we're hanging out in the green room and the Faniel Hall comedy connection, and, you know, with Frank, you know, when Frank used to run it and Frank O'Hearn there, and uh, God bless him. And uh, I, I remember you was just this big you shocker, I just yeah, you know, this kid, but you had like you were so happy to go lucky. <laughs> Yeah, if people knew you then, like they I always have trouble, you know, uh reconciling the you of now with that because you're just so to me I always have that in a, in a view of you in my in my b- brain and then I see you Oh yeah, that. I
0: was little Billy Burr. I was a uh I yeah. was just
1: a kid and I uh
0: it probably took another 6 years yeah before I developed fully into an angry young man. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, but, you know, it all takes this Which by the like way,
0: dude, you know what the hell you doing, you know? I know but I got to tell you I I in this this year I've been going to therapy and I just unburdened myself of all of that shit that made me angry and now I'm in this weird I'm in this weird place dude where like uh not being angry like it feels good but it doesn't feel like home. Yeah so like I don't know I don't know what to do with all this
1: space in my chest now and I'm sitting there like, no, you, you know, I know what happened to you too. You had you had kids, and kids, uh, you know, you start to you know think differently. You know, that whole thing is a whole different life-changing event, I think. And uh, but yeah, you know, because you 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 think like I can't,
0: I can't pass this on again. No, this you has break to die.
1: Yeah, the cycle. <laughs> this has, this has
0: to die with me. What did um, yeah, like I I mean that's why I quit drinking. Yeah. Dude, I was like getting fucking like blitzed. My daughter would be upstairs, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna be the dad who drinks." And there were like yeah. nights, dude, not, not even nights. There was months yeah. in a row where almost every night I would sit down and I would watch me TV. Yeah. I watched like yeah. a bunch of Adam Twelves or something, and I yeah. would just get fucking. Like drink three big ones and just yeah. get fucking hammered, and I and there was always that guilt going like, yeah. God forbid something yeah. happened and you had to take it to the hospital right now, you couldn't do it. So yeah, it makes you was sobering. No,
1: no pun intended. You know, and it, it really is. It makes you uh, it makes you rethink a lot of stuff and what's important. And you know, comedians. I mean, shit. I used to say that too. It's a Monday night and I'm at a club. You know, Tuesday night say call it. And I'm drinking six beers. And I'm like, you know, you know, now they thought you should have six beers a week, you know. And I'm like a Tuesday going, what the fuck? You know, like and I'm not, I really never found I don't feel like I'm an alcoholic. You know, I I definitely, you know, drink more than the average person, but I'm saying I'm sitting there going, Jesus, you know, I'm drinking six beers on a Tuesday night, you know, two beers before going on stage, one on stage. Someone sends you a fucking shot. You know, God forbid the three show Saturday nights. I remember like, you know, every comic has one show that you just kind of (laughs) were repeating jokes and shit, you know, go, man, I'll never do that again, you know.
0: Weren't you, you were a beer on stage guy, I
1: think. Mm-hmm. I think you, you used to go up, yeah. what was your drink? Was it a Bud or a Bud Light? Uh, Bud, I usually have Bud Light. And then I went to uh, Mick Ultra. you know, always trying to watch my girlish figure, you know, and still right. get drunk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you go back and watch your tapes, you guess what year, not by the outfit, but by what beer you're drinking?
1: By, what beer I'm drinking, yeah. Yeah, Corona, that was about, that was about 94. Rolling Rock is re- would really date you, I would think. Yeah, I, I just, uh, you know, I, I just remember I remember one year the owner of the Comedy Connection started charging us for beers. So I remember I was so fucking outraged. And I I, uh, I, I made my little little protest. You know, it's said like you're going to make money on your headliner. I mean, really? You know what I mean? So I, I ended up uh, bringing my own Bud Light into the green room. I left the Bud Light cans all because they didn't sell cans, obviously. So I just made my little protestation, you know.
0: Well, I mean, to be fair to the club owner, yeah, I mean, yeah. Guys, Get Noxy. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Guys as hard as they kill could drink just as hard. Like uh Kevin Knox Gavin. could put him away, uh, rest his soul. I D- oh, man, I remember when Noxie, like right after he would finish a this guy with this guy, Kevin Knox, right? Boston comedy legend for people yeah. not familiar with him, had this big lion's mane of like hair, right? <laughs> this mullet. Oh, you were he wore a tennis quiet.
1: outfit.
0: <laughs> yeah, and he always came in like a track suit. And, just, and it wasn't like, you know, like a hipster thing. Like he he was he was the guy hipsters dressed like. Like the Royal Tenenbaums were dressing like him, how he really dressed. And he would come up there and just absolutely fucking murder. And then and he would party afterwards. But then he always was getting ready for a triathlon. And when he would get ready for a triathlon, he would be totally fucking clean and sober. But then the second he finished the thing, he would immediately pick up. But I can't imagine how about the strain on your heart doing that. And I saw him one night down at the um, the Comedy Connection. He was so shit-faced, he couldn't remember his jokes. And I remember <laughs> he used to do some quick little joke between comics because he would always yeah. host the show. And he was making fun of that beer commercial like, uh, like, hey, I'll I'll, uh, I'll race you to the bottom for a Michelob light. Remember that yeah. ski commercial? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was just like, fuck you, I'll buy one. You know, it was just a stupid <laughs> joke. And he went like that. <clears throat> he was so shit-faced. He just goes, race you to the bottom of a Michelob light. And he just goes hurt made like this noise and gave the crowd the finger they're like looking at him like what the <laughs> he just he like- get it out. no and then he was like going for the laugh dude he looked like he was on everything and that was like i actually loved that set because i felt like all of that shit happened all the time like right i showed up right as the party ended i showed yeah. up in 92 the 80s boom was over every yeah. comic yeah. was opening with like you know so I've been sober for three months.
1: I've been <laughs> yeah, sober for fucking a year. Everybody, like the whole fucking thing, that's happened a lot in my career, by the way. You know, he he uh he used to always do that. Uh, he used to have those woo woos. Remember those shots? The the red uh, like vodka and cranberry. It was called a woo woo. <laughs> and okay. he'd be doing that woo you woo, know, and everybody would be lined up, and he'd have all his <laughs> all his fucking minions. You know, he'd be giving everybody the their shots like a like Jim Jones and fucking you know Guiana i was afraid to drink with
0: them. i i actually didn't there was a period where i didn't drink because i saw how it affected all of those people's careers it wasn't really that it was more the blow and all those yeah. guys had had like uh you know the irs was garnishing their wages and they couldn't leave the state i'm telling you there's a fucking show in there somewhere absolutely but, uh, yeah but then i showed up and i started out with with dane patrice and bobby kelly and they were all like, Dane never drank, Bobby was sober, and yeah. Patrice just wasn't into drinking, yeah. so I hung with them, thank God, because, dude, I would have been,
1: I would have been a—you would have fell would've... in with you, lunatics. I'll tell you, I always, somehow, I always just, I don't know why, I just, I always had that shut off switch, thank God, you know, obviously, a couple times, no, but for the most part in my, my life, I always just, I don't know, I just couldn't do it, I didn't have that, I didn't have that addictive personality. I mean, people can hang around with me for a whole weekend and then never give me another fucking thought. Good night, everybody. No, but I, I seriously, <laughs> I never had that fucking type of uh, you know addictive you know type thing. But um, I do remember Patrice. I remember Patrice. Fuck, he was a doorman when I was headlining there. I used to come in and he'd be like, "Jackie," and he was the yeah. fucking most fun. And, you know, never even dreaming that he'd be Patrice eventually someday. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden he started doing open. Mind. I remember seeing him going, fucking Patrice. All right. You know, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, again, God bless him. But Jesus, that was just surreal to me, you know? Yeah. yeah no, I'm I'm
0: kind of thankful that, uh, that that whole time existed. You know, what was great back then, too, was like, I mean, George Carlin had an opener. But other than that, first of all, everyone was working clubs. Yeah. So you couldn't really afford to bring a guy on the road with you. No. So we all got to work with Open for all of these huge acts. They'd come Incredible. to town. And they, remember, like, the club would call you up? I remember I, I got to I got to do a weekend with David Allen Greer. Remember that that Chicopee run or whatever the hell it was? Yeah. That, yeah. Uh, the the yeah. Lao? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the Chinese joint. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Everything was – I mean, like, comedy and Chinese places in Boston. Yeah, the Kua, Kua, Kua. The hukilau. The Hong Kongs, yeah, like it just they, they, oh, Asian no, the people, people like are as as responsible for the Boston comedy scene as the comedians because they were all about it. They were like, yeah, get your friends in here. We'll give poo poo platters.
1: Yeah. It's all not the a shit pl- joke. That's what they call them back there. And you know what, Bill? The, the, Aku, the Aku Aku in Cambridge, I grew up in Arlington. We used to go there at night, you know after drinking at a place called faces right on route two there we go to akua Aku for like prom night and stuff and then years later i'm doing stand-up in there it was the most surreal thing in the world you know dick i think dick doherty was booking it right i always try to find that place like what like what is that today they probably just it's called the summer shack no oh, it's summer shack it's like a a, a, a boston like a uh, fish joint like kind of With clams is it still and- the
0: same structure
1: uh, I think they changed it. It's been a long time since I've been by there, too. But right. it's right there, you know, as you go over Fresh Pond Bridge right there, you know.
0: Yeah, because I remember that was like, yeah, Dane was from Arlington, too. So that was right around the corner from his house. Yeah.
1: Um, Dane overtook me. I was the Arlington guy. And then all of a sudden, Dane came. I'm like, what the fuck? How many guys could be from Arlington? They got Aldo <laughs> Benny, They got Michael Pryor. I'm like, what the fuck? I started a fucking, just, you know, it's, it's hysterical to me.
0: Who did you... Uh... When I came up, I opened for David Allen. Everyone from David
1: Allen Greer to like Wendy Leadman. Yeah. Um I used to do gigs with Wendy. We used to do gigs all the time with road gigs, like Barry Katz would send us in these hell holes. But you know who I did open for that I was most excited still about. Still waiting for, for the money? Yeah, 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 yeah. right. <laughs> <laughs> so <clears throat> I think Billy Downs still owes me a couple hundred bucks. But anyway, I'm walking, uh I was working for me. My dad was a big fan. And I ended up uh, of, uh, like the Tonight Show and stuff. But I got to open for Steve Allen, which is crazy. I mean, wow. I mean, talk about a Renaissance guy. My dad used to say Steve Allen. My dad had the greatest sense of humor anyone I knew. Tell you t- And he would just howl. My dad would have tears in his eyes, you know, Steve Allen on whatever. But, you know, when he used to run the Tonight Show way before I was even born. But then I got my other dad's favorite. Uh, comedian was Pat Cooper. And I get to open for Pat Cooper and life is always so bittersweet. You know, the only guy you want to impress is your old man. Of course, my dad's dead and I'm opening for Pat Cooper. I'm eating in Federal Hill in Rhode Island, you know, Providence eating Italian dinner with him and then, you know, driving him to the club and he's telling me shows, stories. It's just incredible. Just incredible. Pat Cooper is arguably the most underrated comedian as far as like Unbelievable. how funny he
0: is, how long he's been that funny. Yes. And how, how much um, energy he
1: had. I opened for a bill. I was like in my 30s, maybe. And he was 60 something. And I'm telling you, he had more energy than me. I never seen anything like it. And nonstop for an hour on stage, just killing it.
0: Yeah, I will tell you, uh, unresolved anger is like rocket fuel for yeah. a comedian, <laughs> which is what I'm worried about. I'm going to end up being like a fucking yoga instructor, but
1: well, you know, I had to, to do it. because Unfortunately for Pat, he should have been a big, big star. And I, and I also commend him for this because he spoke his mind. And he never took any shit, and he—and unfortunately, to his demise, uh, you know, it—it it, it hurt him. But he told me some stories. He, I Carson look at Moore. him
0: like he sort of was the white version of Patrice, where yeah. it was just, like with—I mean, I don't know. I couldn't shouldn't speak for Pat Cooper like that, but like I remember, Patrice was one of these people where it was just like if you just didn't say that last
1: thing, it was there.
0: You had yeah. it. Everybody's gotta make a little bit of a compromise. Yeah each play, play they play go nice up. In the he just, yeah. He just he couldn't
1: do it. He couldn't do it. He couldn't it's do it. The last second they were it's gonna give admirable. it to him. I wish I wasn't such a pussy sometimes and I wish I could say some stuff or do say some stuff, you know?
0: Dude, you know how many times I thought that? You know how many times to this day, sometimes I just do shit and just accept it. And I just think like, oh God, I just wish I had that Patrice thing where yeah, what the fuck is I do is too, it? we Where's all it? do.
1: It's almost like the same way when you're driving down the road and some guy does something, and you start thinking about what you fucking should have done. To the, you know, I should have stopped and pulled that guy out of his car. You know, yeah, you know, shit that you should have done. You know, and it aggravates you for the next. It's better. It's better not to
0: do it because there's no,
1: no upside. You know.
0: Yeah, you know that whole that Sinatra song. I remember Patrice used to play that thing. I did it my way. Yeah. Yeah. And not the words of one who kneels, and he'd be yeah. singing this shit, going like, "Dude, this is like great advice if you know how to apply it."
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like all those contradicting sayings. So, um, let me ask you this: During like this whole pandemic, you know, you got the, um, you got this this weekend coming up at Crackers in um,
1: Indianapolis. Yeah. How have you been working out your stuff? You know, uh, I've, I've, I've only this will be my like third or fourth time on stage since the pandemic started. I was, uh, I went from March. I came home March 16th. I was doing a, mm-hmm. I was supposed to do a St. Paddy's day gig down in, uh, in, uh, Naples, Florida, and they canceled oh. it. And then, so I flew home the 16th of March and then I didn't do anything. And then November, I had a gig down in Florida, a corporate gig. And I needed, you know, too much money. And I couldn't say I, I needed to do it. You know, I hadn't worked in friggin' nine months. So I go and do the gig in Florida at this like private golf club type thing it was outdoors in a tent, but still, like nary a mask in sight, you know, and it was like, I actually almost <laughs> opened with, you know, nice to be here. I never played at Trump rally before, but I figured that would lose half the crowd or all the crowd. So I, I instead I opted for the less offensive, nice to be here at Camp COVID. <laughs> so, so I do that <laughs> and then I, uh I do all right. And I, but I, it was great. I tell you what bro, I always go too fast. So this made me go slow because I was literally trying to remember my shit. So it was actually kind of good. And it also gave me a new fond love for comedy again, because I wasn't just phoning it in, you know. Sometimes you me, get into the a routine, you know. Oh yeah, no, that's that's the kiss of death. Let me ask you: this, What is
0: the? um Why do you think you your 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 style like going that fast? Where like you ever just like look at like when I look at early tapes of me, yes. I'm going really fast and I am yep. pacing the stage and boss. For me, it was I realized it was uh, it was a confidence. It was nervous energy but like you've been doing this yeah for fucking ever and you're yeah. smooth as silk on stage ever since i've known you and yeah. are you one of those guys where when you lay down at night like your brain is torturing you with thoughts is it just not so around?
1: much not, not so much i do have a lot of thoughts and uh i wish i was a better editor like you know like, i have a like, lot of thoughts i think about stuff <laughs> no I mean, I mean like let's put it this way first of all I think it was a Boston thing because God forbid, I used to call it like, you have to kill the silence. God forbid there's any silence. You know, you have to like, you can't, you know, you, you have to get, a, there can't be silence. They have to be laughing at all time. Or are you talking, you, you know, nothing can never be fucking a pause. And I learned from Gavin and, you know, although guys, other guys I learned from didn't do that. Like Kenny Rogerson, you know, was another mentor of mine, you know, but but anyway, my, my personality just fit more like with Gavin's. And I was always and I think it was a nervous thing. You didn't want to have any fucking silence or a confidence thing. You know, you had to make sure, God forbid, there there is a pause. You know what I mean? So but to answer your other question at night, you know, I do have like, you know, jokes and stuff, but I don't have a i don't edit well my my biggest problem is, is that i would if i could edit better I, I could i could be a lot more effective i think too what when you what was your childhood like did you have a big family did you have I to fight my, my, to get my, words in me and my two sisters i was the oldest and my, i had two sisters that are you know younger one 11 months younger and one uh, like six years younger and uh but my dad was a maniac my dad like you know my dad i love my dad but he was like you know I was always walking around on pins and needles. You know, if my dad was in a good mood, everything was good. But God forbid he was in a bad mood. You know, I was always walking around on eggshells, you know.
0: That was everybody's
1: dad. Yeah. My dad's a maniac. I love the guy. He's a fucking maniac. Well, i come over, Bill. I lived on a big street, a big hill, and literally, when report cards came, I can remember like being a nervous wreck. And I'd come over the hill, and if his car was in the fucking driveway, I'd have a fucking pit in my stomach. Going, oh, you know, because he'd make a big dramatic thing about it. You know, like, oh, like one time, you know, just I'm sure he was winking at my mom afterwards, you know, but he'd take my credit, my uh, my report card, and throw it, and, you know, and you know <laughs> the fuck, you know, and I'd be like sitting there, fucking, you know, terrified. and... I mean, you know, and I don't want to paint the wrong picture because my dad, he's he had the greatest heart. Great guy, but he, you know, if he could do it if he have, had to do over, I'm sure he would do something differently.
0: I know, but they didn't have the tools. The information wasn't out there, dude. No, like they you didn't just know they you were, were living asking. you lived in the bubble of your neighborhood. You were as, as smart as the people on your street. There wasn't this this Phil. like now <laughs> where you know, like the, the fucking access people have with the internet. You know, it's a good and a bad thing. But like, you know, I always equate it to like learning an instrument. Yeah. Like back in the day, you had to like slow the wreck down, figure it out. But now you can go on fucking YouTube and you could literally have the guy who played it show yeah. you how to play it. And just it's like it, it, your teacher incredible. is the whole fucking universe. Well, we yeah. just grew up on like wherever you grew up, dude. You That's could. See, you there knew. was like a different kind of ignorance in each town because it was yeah. you were all. Just in living in these pods feeding off oh, of each other.
1: I remember Bill, I remember one night I was telling my buddy this. My dad and his buddies were drinking, and you know, and they're outside. You remember the bats, like you know, in Boston, you know, and Arlington, the suburb, we lived in the woods kind of a little bit. There's bats. My dad and his buddies had a 12-gauge shotgun, and they were fucking shooting the bats out of the sky in the middle of the fucking night in the neighborhood, like 10 at night. I mean, where the fuck would that ever fly? You know? Just, like, no, like so much
0: stuff if there was uh if there was video and all of that stuff, you would definitely be uh you definitely be in trouble. But um anyway, well, let's talk let's talk a little Boston sports, dude. Like what um what would it? two Boston guys, what would a Massachusetts guys, what would it be like if we didn't talk sports here? So we got yeah. the have and the have nots with the Bruins and the Celtics. The Celtics are just up against yeah, too um, much. whatever the NBA is now where everybody just sort of you know, jumps on two or three different teams. We're not one of the teams everybody's jumping on right now, so we're getting our no. fucking asses handed to us. Well,
1: I tell you what, I've been – I'm not as – it's funny. Basketball, I don't follow it like I used to. I In the Celtics' game in the playoffs, I watch and stuff, but I'm not a big, big basketball guy anymore. I used to – with Larry Bird and uh, Magic, those that era, I, I loved it. You know, I was a lot younger and more into it, I guess. But um, – You didn't watch right
0: broke, through Jordan? I thought it was great – right yep. through jordan and yes. watching those spurs teams but i felt like the kobe shack lakers was sort of foreshadowing yep. what was going to happen where it, it it became um i mean it seems to be like it's really good for their business model because it's not like it only works in la like a bunch of people i think watched when golden state yep. when kevin durant was on there and yep. like sure so i think people uh, I feel like they they create like mini dream teams now, and they just yeah. sort of play each other. And you're gonna like, yeah, it's just, I don't I, know. You I just gotta know. hope that your team's one of those teams that does it. I guess I don't know.
1: I, I guess for me too, it's always been what bothered me. First of all, I got really annoyed with the whole refs, the the, the the cheating scandal. I was I was betting on Sacramento in that fucking game, and I I, I called it. I said <laughs> I said this is a fucking bag job. I'll never forget it. I saw the whole thing like Kobe, like literally trampled Vladdy at the foul line and and, like ran over him to get the ball. And they called the foul on uh, on Vladdy. And I'm like, are you kidding? It was the most. And sure enough, that's the fucking game they were talking about being in in the bag. I
0: I went to a Celtics, Utah jazz game. Yeah. And I watched that officiating crew because they put it on that Donahue guy. They put on like one guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, first of all, if you and I were on an officiating crew. And I'm shaving points. How many games are you officiating with me before you figure it out? Yeah, exactly. Like, what the fuck is Bill doing over there, right? And (laughs) I was watching the Utah Jazz play the Boston Celtics in Utah. And I watched them, like, change how they were calling the game, like, four times during that game. Where it was like, oh, they're letting them play tonight. Oh, no, wait, now they're calling everything. Now they're letting them play again. It was like they were switching out officiating because – it was like there was always the tone was set, and I would, yeah. and I remember going down the cellar just saying these, the fucking NBA is fixed, and yeah. it didn't help that I was also talking about the Bilderberg Group and the fucking you know the Federal Reserve, so they just thought I was a nut job. So when that <laughs> ref finally got busted, I was so like felt so vindicated, yeah, and I was like, you see, and then they did the Oswald thing.
1: Ah, he acted alone; it was just him. <laughs> well, I tell you, in that same game, Chris Weber. It comes driving down the lane to, to, for a layup, and the guy gets tries to get in for an offensive foul, and he doesn't even get, get fucking anywhere close to an offensive foul, and they call the offensive on fucking uh, Weber, and I'll never forget, Weber, they showed it in almost in slow motion, he hands the ball to the ref like this, with his face like this, Yeah, and he like, just walked what, yeah. away. It, it was unbelievable. It, it's such a bag job. I went, oh, my God.
0: I know. And that's another thing too, because I got to listen to the Laker fans say they have just as many as us. And they count one from the BAA before there was an NBA, they count that NBA title. They got one. That's a fucking, you know, a mobbed up ref helped them get. <laughs> and then, then they got all these pile on championships where free agents come in. Cause like, I'll look, yeah. dude, i admit as a Celtics fan, 2008 was a pile on. Yeah. We built a team there, but, but other than that, we fucking Kevin organic- McHale was in the front office of the Timberwolves. He gave his Garnett for nothing.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, like, I'm not going to sit here and act like we're innocent and in all of this. I'm just saying not. as a
1: fan of professional fucking hoop. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk. Let's talk. Uh, well, hockey. Let's um, talk. Let's hope that fucking the penguins and Islanders go to game seven and beat the brains in. So we get another couple of days of rest and then we'll fucking yeah, so take Miller off. can come back. Right. Yeah. I'm telling you, man. I think. Uh, how about pasta? How fucking, how much an animal is he?
0: No, they've all been I, – I've, you know, been with the kids and stuff, so I, I caught most of the series. One of the games I caught, like, only the third period, the one where Miller got hurt, I only caught the third period of that yeah. one. But – got to watch it.
1: next next series. we got to come, come up and watch. We'll get the guys.
0: Definitely. But I really think that, like, Taylor Hall, just the threat of him, even though he's only it's, scored, like, a couple of goals or whatever, just yeah. the threat of that guy yes. and giving us two legit lines – Took the pressure off our 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 top line, and it also caused the other team to have to adjust their lines. Where it's like you couldn't just front end load our top line like you did. And also, I think our fourth line with Wagner and those guys
1: have been playing fucking great this year. Yeah, they're all. I mean, tell me, we're hitting on all cylinders. And you know, I think I I tell you what, getting by the Capitals as much as you know, some people don't think they were as good. I I I think you know that's great that we got by them so quickly too. It's gonna give us uh, you know going forward,
0: Penguins and Islanders. Both make me nervous. Islanders, I feel like you know. Once we got Taylor Hall, we we've been beating them. But I feel like they kind of had our number all this year. And then yeah. Pittsburgh, I think historically, yeah, historically speaking, because they've had people like Mario Lemieux and Yahoo. Yeah. Crosby, malkin I mean, like that fucking franchise dude with yeah. like the one-two superstar punch. Yeah. That they not, not only did you, you you get lucky, maybe you do it one time. The fact that they did that tw- twice. Within yeah. 20 years yeah. is um, – I love shit like that, like seeing like like how the um, the Green Bay Packers went from Brett Favre immediately to Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, yeah. Because like if you look at the Dolphins, yeah, you know, they went Bob Greasy to Dan Marino and then just nothing. Shit, yeah, unbelievable. And they're
1: still waiting. It's, it's, Which is well, why I'm hoping this
0: kid from Alabama with the Patriots fucking works yeah. out yeah. because it's like Brady's gone. Yeah. Like when does this happen again? Belichick's almost seventy.
1: Yeah. Hey, you know what? I always say, don't cry for us. We've had a good run. I hope it goes. I hope, I hope. they can keep going. You know what I mean? But uh, you know, I remember the years, and you do too. I remember people were sick of the Patriots winning. I, I, I go. I remember, we went like twenty-some odd years without a playoff game. I'm not sick of them winning. You know, Miami would come to town. It was just how bad they would fucking beat us. Now. Uh, yeah. No, I remember
0: that. We never went that long, but we we didn't go deep. We had like we had that great run. In '76, and then that roughing the passer call against the yep. Raiders, yeah, which why, which is why I don't have sympathy on the Tuck rule. That was the payback. Yeah, yeah, you know,
1: they gave you the game, and then they gave us the game the other fucking way. But uh, I, and then I, what else I, did we how, go? How about uh, Jacksonville's got that kid. Uh, what's his name now, Lawrence? So uh, they got
0: him. I like yeah. the guy they had there with the mustache. What the fuck's his name? Uh, the second the season's over, I forget everybody's fucking name. But I Gardner Minshew. Yeah, Gardner Minshew. Yeah, 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 Gardner yeah. Gardner that that kid. I like that kid, man. I just like the way he looks too. He looks like a fucking quarterback, like back in the day. All of those guys, Ken Stable and all them, yeah. they had the beards and the mustaches yeah, yeah, yeah. and shit. They just all looked like fucking porn stars back then. So, um. Well, before we get out of here, dude, I I'm hearing the Avalanche, man. I'm hearing the Avalanche or uh, yeah, they're the team tough to beat according to Joe Bartnick. Yeah, so
1: yeah, the West, the West is tough.
0: I did enjoy seeing St. Louis get swept.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, there's no love loss there.
0: No, there isn't. There isn't that fucking asshole. I fucking NHL. Jesus Christ, letting them play ni- late '90s, early 2000s hockey. Dude, they I will never get. They beat the Bruins playing Bruins hockey. Yeah, One in our goaltender and we, you know, Lucic was gone, Thornton was yeah. gone, and we're just standing around. Yeah. The, but you know, I feel good for their fans though. Speaking yeah. of which, yeah. right before we get out of here, you know what I have been watching. The fucking Maple Leafs yeah. versus the Canadians—they're up three games to one. They're killing them. I know. The last time they beat the Canadians in a playoff game was in yeah. 1967, the year before I was born. It was the last time they won the cup. Jeez. And they, yeah. But that. here's the thing—they hadn't played them in the playoffs since 1980. They were in a different conference for like almost 20 years. So I've yeah. been kind of watching that thing. So they're—they're they're always my second team. I root yeah. for the Bruins, yeah. and then yeah. I root yeah. for the Leafs, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Because Leaf fans fucking hate the Bruins because of that time yeah. we came back and beat them. Yeah, they don't hate us as
1: much as the Habs hate us. So, but uh, yeah. but I, I tell you what, then you got the, the Vegas Golden Knights or just don't know enough to not fucking win. You know, it's just, it's crazy.
0: You know, is that kid Reeves still on that team? I don't, even know. don't even know.
1: 75, man.
0: I was watching highlights of that guy. Huh? No, I was going go to go to one right game? before the whole pandemic shit happened i was gonna go well when they first when they first came out i think the first month they were playing the bruins and i was gonna go but yeah. i had a gig so
1: i couldn't make it and i was like oh, i'll catch the bruins we should do that dude uh, we could do it you know brian regan's got tickets we can go with brian he's got great he's got great seats there he's got like a little mini suite thing and uh they have, what a production you know it's vegas so they do like this. you wouldn't believe the, the show before the show yeah i
0: saw at first i didn't like it then i then i was like no man it's vegas it's got to be a show
1: so it's like all right I get it I wish it had a little more Viva Las Vegas Elvis to it. Yes, it, 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 to me it looked like a minor league hockey team trying to, you know, shoot T-shirts into the crowd and stuff, you know. But <laughs> it was like, you know, I got it like the same thing. I kind of acquiesced and go, all right, it's Vegas, you know, whatever they are it they gotta do something big, you know. It is, you know, absolutely. You know. Well, listen, dude, I can't,
0: I can't tell you, dude, how much I learned from you as a comedian coming up, and how happy I am. That oh. Not only do you got a, you got an acting road. Acting role on uh louder milk You actually wrote a couple of episodes with Jimmy Dunn. Yeah, yeah. Talk to Jimmy did. Dunn the time we did that fucking high high school gig for Matt Malley. <laughs> he told us it was a fucking high school gig. We showed up. It was a fucking junior high. The kids' voices hadn't even changed. They are all in the crowd like, "Hey, fucking!" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember the principal did the intro. This is how he yeah. did the intro. He just came walking out. He just goes, "And we are quiet, please." And he just started fucking yelling at him. He's going to give him detention or something. <laughs> I, I've, I've never gone out in front of a crowd and had absolutely nothing to talk about. But anyway, I'm really happy for you, brother. Louder Milk, it's on Amazon Prime. Jackie is going to be at Crackers in Indianapolis uh, this Friday and Saturday, May 28th, 29th. Come hey. out and see him. Watch him down a few Bud
1: Lights as he makes you laugh your ass off. Hey Billy, I can if I uh, if I if I could just tell my uh, if they. I'm Jay Flynn comedy on Twitter and Instagram. If I could get, uh, get that out there too. If, uh, yeah, is it the letter J or J A Y? It's just Jay Flynn comedy on, on Instagram and Twitter. I got a Jackie Flynn fan page on Facebook and all that shit. All right, so once again, it's just the letter J. Yeah. J, just the letter J Flynn comedy. Okay. Uh, we got it. Uh, no, all right, cool. Jackie. Hey, I love you. I'm so happy for your success and, uh, I'm very, very proud of you, man. And thank you, buddy. Same.
0: Hey, let's uh let's smoke some sticks and watch some Bruins hockey soon.
1: I look forward to it, buddy. Be good.
0: All right, brother. All right, all birds, all birds. Everybody, you know, it's finally getting warm out, and we're starting to feel more hopeful about the rest of the year. It's time to get out there with all birds. Lace up and feel good with all birds and their sustainably made tree runner shoes. Perfect fit, style, support, and made from neutral materials. What's not to love? All birds are not just your average everyday shoes. Oh, no, no, no. Um, they will literally be your favorite shoes to wear every day once you get your hands on these tree runners. The tree runner shoe is made from sustainable, natural materials that feel light on your feet and are better for the planet. I love companies that give a shit about the planet. Um, even if they just say they do. Uh, the tree runners are breathable, machine washable, and made with responsible sourced eucalyptus tree fiber, which probably means after they chop the tree down, they plant another one. Simple and versatile design makes the Tree Runner a perfect, two perfect to go shoe for any outfit. Responsibly sourced eucalyptus tree fiber for a comfy, breathable upper. Um, sugar cane based sweet foam, TM midsoles made with the first carbon negative EVA resin. This is fucking great, man. I think this is the direction products are going to have to go. Packaging made from 90% recycled cardboard. That's a shoebox, shopping bag, and mailer all in one. Um, This spring, keep things light and breezy with Allbirds Tree Runner. I'm going to check these things out. Discover your perfect pair at allbirds.com today. That's allbirds, A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S.com. Oh, look who it is, everybody. It's old Zip. Ray! Recruiter. up. Are you hiring this spring? Is that what you're doing? What type of role are you hiring for? Maybe you need to hire someone to wear many hats, which can be challenging. Or you might have a simple position to feel, feel to fill. <laughs> but it's taking forever to find someone who has a great fit for you and your company. Uh, that's where ZipRecruiter comes in. Zip Recruiter can help you find quality candidates fast. And now you can try it for free at Zip. whether you need to hire a civil engineer in new york uh i thought i said a pathetic nurse a pediatric nurse (laughs) i need a pathetic nurse stat pediatric nurse in nebraska an attorney in colorado colorado even a mascot in missouri uh zip recruiters matching technology finds people with the right experience for your job and actively invites them to apply um, it's so effective that four to five who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. From account- accountant to zoologist and everything in between, zip <coughs> makes hiring easier. Uh, and right now you can try it for free at our list, our at our only our listeners get it link ZipRecruiter.com slash burr. If you go to zip <coughs> dot com slash burr today try uh to try zip recruiter for free we get credit for sending you oh meaning me once you got how awful am i at this one now you can actually see me doing this i'm getting like self conscious once again that zip recruiter dot slash burr spell out bur. burr b u r r all right what do i got left oh one more mercifully one more roman everybody Hey, guys, we got big news. Your favorite men's healthcare brand, Roman, is now available at Walmart, Wally World. Roman's non-prescription products have got you covered with everything from sexual health to everyday health. Your well-being is important, and taking care of it should be simple. So now you can add to... now. So now you can add to cart IRL. These kids with their fucking phrases. I don't even know what half this stuff means. Roman, now available... What's that? In real life. Oh, IRL. Oh, URL. In real life. Okay. So now you can add two cart in real life. IRL is that big that fucking I was supposed to know that? Roman. Now available at Walmart. A oh, good brick and mortar store. Uh, <laughs> we're in your area. Let's go take care of it. Sexual health. Roman condoms are new and exclusive to Walmart. Um, You won't find them anywhere else. Designed ultra thin, lubricated for pleasure, and FDA cleared because safe sex is sexy. Over-the-counter medication, also known as OTC. Roman swipes are an easy, discreet way to delay ejaculation and increase sexual stamina. They're fast acting and your partner will enjoy them too. No passed along desensitization if you use as intended. Yeah, so if you slap it on your dick there and you go to put it in somebody, that they, they don't go. Uh, are you doing something? Because I don't feel it. It immediately, I don't know, the numbness goes into your your member. I hope I explained that. If That wasn't too scientific. Uh, dietary supplement, doctor doctor formulated with twenty three nu- nutrients. Roman Daily is a multivitamin that is optimized with ingredients to support men's health and overall well being. Romans Team of in-house doctors created this unique, high-quality supplement to target nutrition gaps in men with scientifically backed ingredients and dosages. Ate too much. Remember, supplements are not a replacement for a healthy diet, exercise, or good sleep. You've still got to eat your greens and get your steps in. Visit your local Walmart store today and check out Roman's line of men's healthcare products. That's Roman, R-O-M-A-N, men's healthcare products at Walmart. Do it today. Live a better life. Have a great weekend. Once again, the great Jackie Flynn. Please enjoy the music picked out this week by uh, the amazing Andrew Themelis. And we'll have a bonus episode of the Thursday afternoon just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. All right, see you. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, um, May 27th, 2013. I don't like the way I just said, um, Monday, um, you ever catch yourself sounding like a douche there? Happy Memorial Day, Happy Memorial Day, a beautiful time to thank the troops and stuff your motherfucking face with shit. Right? Isn't that what you're doing? Let's all have a moment of silence for everyone who made a sacrifice for this country. All right, let's go stuff our faces. Right? Isn't that what? Isn't that what every fucking holiday is? Flag Day. Today is a day to remember, remember, remember all the flags that have waved above this country, country, country.
1: And now let's stuff our faces, faces, faces.
0: Let's get drunk and have a fight with our mothers, 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 mothers. You know, isn't that what it is? How many people are actually going to go to a fucking parade today? From the halls of Montezuma to the shores of
1: Tripoli. Huh?
0: Who can sing beyond that fucking two lines other than a goddamn ex-Marine or a current Marine? One or the other. Is that what they do when, when you when you join the Marines, by the way? Do you have to sing that song? as some drill sergeant. is in your face. I don't hear you. you fucking screaming. I'm ah, from the
1: halls of...
0: Bullshit. You're singing like one of them queers. Right? I commend anybody who's in the military service simply for the ability to get through boot camp and having somebody screaming in your face... And just pushing down every ounce of your being to not, like, just punch that guy right in the fucking face. This is the thing. Like, I've thought about that shit, right? Like, let's say things get really fucked up and all of a sudden they, they want to draft soon-to-be 45-year-old balding redheads like myself. And I've actually thought about for some reason. I think I think about it whenever I do pull-ups. Because whenever I do pull-ups I always, or climb the rope, I always think, you think I could make it through fucking maybe three obstacles? Three obstacles in one of those boot camp things. I could get up the fucking rope. I probably couldn't do the required amount of pull-ups. But I wonder if I could just get out of the drill sergeant, you know? I still think you're a queer, but I'm impressed with your upper body strength and your age. Get the fuck out of my face. Right? could i at least get one of those but my thing is if someone was screaming in my ear like that like i got i got tinnitus or tetanus however the fuck you say it i have it in one of my ears so if the guy's screaming in my ears i'd have to be like yeah excuse me uh i just you know i'm not trying to not be marine like but i just want to let you know that i i uh, played a lot of drums and uh my uh ears they're very sensitive if you could just uh you, don't, you can continue with the insults. I'm not trying to tell you how to do your job, but if you could just somehow bring the volume down. You know? And then immediately I'm piled because everybody else has to start doing push-ups. Is this quiet enough for your Private Burr? Look at the rest of your platoon sitting here doing push-ups because you don't want me to yell too loud. Just exactly how quiet do you think war is? You redheaded? Freckled fucking faggot, right? Isn't that what they're going to say to you? It's always the homophobic shit. Isn't that what they come at you with? Huh? I bet you're sucking dick. (laughs) You know what? I actually shouldn't say any of this because I have no idea what they say to you other than what I've watched in movies. You know? So anyways, Happy Memorial Day! A beautiful time to thank the troops and stuff You fucking face with some shit. Um, that should be the official Memorial Day. I think the only people who truly appreciate it are people who have actually served and know people who have served. You know? That would be my... G- really, Bill? Do you really think that the people who are closest to it appreciate it the most? What other groundbreaking things are you going to say on this podcast? Oh, I know. I know I'm a moron. All right, can you just let me have my moment, can you? Well, all right then. Um, I'm in New York City right now. I'm in my old apartment. Lonely as shit. I don't know how I used to do this as a single man, you know? Although I have to tell you, it's... uh, you guys know the comedian uh, Ted Alexandro? If you don't, you should. He's one of the best fucking comics out there. He used to have this great joke. I'll just do the gist of it because I don't want to fucking burn. a He used to just say that basically it, it was essentially that, you know, being single, it sucked at night because you were lonely, but it was great for the rest of the day. <laughs> I can't say I'm feeling that, but I do have to, I have to concur with that joke that at nighttime when you fucking go home, By yourself, that's when it gets to you. I think because when you wake up in the morning, you have errands to run. You got, I'm going to go to the gym. You know, there's hope. That's what it is. There's hope that you're going to find somebody. You know, when at night, all that hope is gone. And it's just you, a pint of ice cream, and a slice of pizza. You know, slowly crying as you're (laughs) crying softly as you're chewing, getting down to the crust. Um. actually you know I, I've um. I've made a rule that this time when I go through New York I'm not having any pizza and I'm not having any ice cream and I know what you're thinking Bill you're in New York City you have to have the pizza okay well I'm going to tell you what I'm, I've had enough New York pizza to last me a fucking lifetime first of all 90% of New York pizza sucks a giant pizza cock because it doesn't make any sense um doesn't make sense simply because there's so many people living off the fucking reputation that new york has great pizza you know that's the problem new york does have great pizza but there's no laws prohibiting anybody from opening a pizza shop saying the best pizza in new york city you know it's fucking horrific Maybe if I do Dangerfields, I'll go over to that Sutton Pizza there over on First Avenue. I always liked that pizza. It had a nice fucking zip over there, a nice zip to the sauce there, a nice little tang there, a nice little what-the-fuck-was-that there in their their pizza slices. You know? I don't know. Pizza's always that shit you're, like, stumbling home after a couple, two, three fucking whiskeys, right? And then you fucking... uh, I don't know what what the hell I'm saying. You know what I realized? I have to get a fucking appointment book because I just realized how much shit I just planned for tomorrow. You know? I'm going to get a steak fucking dinner with Joey Roses and Keith Robinson. Somebody over at the Stan Comedy Club, the head chef over there is going to teach me how to make a fucking pizza pie over there Um, because I got the big green egg. And I can heat that fucker up to 700 degrees. Do you guys even know what I'm talking about? Just realize that? I bought this this big green egg, this barbecuer and a smoker. And they give you this book showing you all the wonderful shit that you can make on it. And all I've made on it is burgers, hot dog, and fucking chicken. So I want to take it to the next level. I want to be able to make a pizza. But you got to know how to make your own fucking dough. You know? Which I don't know how to do. So I'm going to have this person show me how to do it. Because I'm a fucking seeker, right? I'm always trying something new. Oh, what's that, what's that bill up to, the, to fucking today? Anyways, how about those Bruins, huh? Here we go, Bruins. Here we go. That's how it used to be. That's the chant that used to get going back in the days in the old Boston Garden. Now they go, let's go, Bruins. And I'm telling you, that's the Ranger chant. It was, here we go, Bruins, here we go, and let's go, Rangers. All right? Well, you know where the Rangers are going now? Out to the fucking golf course. Because, yes, the Bruins, in one short week, went to the fucking Mecca, Madison Square Garden. And in five games, it was actually a five-game sweep. Who's kidding who? You know? Not to take anything away from the Rangers, but I'm going to. All right? When the whole rally on your side gets going because our goalie fell down, I, I whenever you have a goalie, he just falls down like some kid playing peewee hockey, and then he tried to go, oh, there was a rut in the ice. Ah! You fell down, Tuke. It's okay. It happens to the best of us. Go down to a public rink. You see it all the time. My favorite thing in a public rink is watching that guy who, where it takes like 12 seconds for him to fall. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Right? The fucking six going backwards, six going forwards, right? And then the fucking... That whip, bam! And it's usually the back hits first, and then the fucking whiplash, and then the head makes that nice hollow coconut pook right off the fucking ice. That unmistakable sound of somebody's squash hitting a sheet of ice. That's a fuck. That's an incredible sound. You know what? And I don't think that that can be reproduced by Hollywood unless you actually had somebody slam their head on it. That's incredible. Not even with one of those Casio keyboards that has access to over a thousand sound effects. They never have. Do you ever notice that? They never have the sound effect of a head hitting the asphalt or, uh, or a sheet of ice. So there's one for you nerds. Why does not somebody out there, you know, one of you Photoshop cunts out there, try to get me a, the perfect, that, that perfect sound effect and send it to me. And I'll have my first sound effect on the podcast. You know, and I'll turn this into a wacky morning show. And every time I say something dumb, I go, oh, what was I thinking? And then I'll click the button, and then you'll hear it. And then you'll laugh. And then you'll be in the parking lot of your job holding onto the steering wheel. Ten and two just staring at that front door that you don't want to walk through. Just having those last few moments to yourself. Thinking about all the decisions you made over the last 12 years. Why did I break up with her? Why did I major in this? Why did I buy this car? Why can't I feel feelings anymore? As your eyes well up with tears, you just look up at the heavens wonder if there's some old guy up there that gives a fuck you cry softly and then for some unexplained reason you look over to the left and there's there's your boss staring at you with this weird look on his face like is that Mike crying in his fucking car? So you quickly try to play it off like you sneeze. You take a big deep breath and you push all those fucking feelings down. You like it, and you get out of the car. Hey bo- <laughs> hey boss, how you doing? And I allergies. Allergies. Oh, yeah, I'll see you in there. Yep, can't wait. <laughs> um, sorry. Anyways, so the Bruins are now gonna go play the 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 most confusing franchise. In uh, in in um in NHL uh in the NHL, I don't know how to feel about the fucking Penguins. I totally respect them, and I'm fucking blown away by their ability to somehow always get the guy that's the next guy. I mean, it's insane. I would like in the last twenty years, twenty five years, I would actually put them beyond the Yankees. Yeah, wait a minute. Or I would, I would, no, I would compare him to the Yankees. Um, when the, when, when the Yankees, you know, got, uh, Babe Ruth, then Lou Gehrig, then Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. I would actually, that this is the closest thing you've seen. where well, they, the Penguins, Mario Lemieux, Yaramir Yaga, um, Sidney Crosby, and fucking Gino Malkin. I don't know how to say this. And, and Denny. I don't know how to fucking say these hockey names nowadays. Oh, I used to be Jacques. All these French fucking names. That was easy, right? Michel Goulet. Oh, ho oh, oh. ho Shoot six goals. Un, deux, trois. Um, fucking four absolute snipers. I mean, unbelievable fucking top-notch goddamn players. It's incredible. Right? They have that, and then on the other side, right? And then whenever they get hit, they're like, you know, Mario Lemus. Like, you know, if people don't stop cheating, I'm not going to play anymore, right? Yager was always like, oh, he's got a mullet, and he just loves those Kit Kats. He eats them all the time. Some people say that's why, you know, he scored all those goals. <laughs> I'll tell you, I wish I knew that when I played, right? Sidney Crosby big pouty-lipped fucking Cub Scout that he is, you know? What's the hate about that guy? Other than the fact that you know he doesn't do anything wrong in life. Helping old people cross the street, even with his skates on, runs out of the arena. Is that an old person trying to
1: cross the street?
0: Just a fucking Wheaties cereal box cover-looking son of a bitch. Why is he a son of a bitch? Because you know he's better than you. Head and shoulders. The best fucking guy in the league. Then you got Malkin. Guy who could be a fucking cunt and be like, hey, what about me? He doesn't give a shit. He just plays this goddamn game and is tremendous. All right? It's a great fucking hockey town. They had one of the great last arenas, that Mellon Arena, Carnegie Mellon, Hines, whatever the fuck they called it. Goddamn Pittsburgh people. They got three names for everything. It's either Hines, Carnegie, Carnegie Mellon, or just Mellon. I guess that's four, but it's really just Carnegie Mellon, just all fucking remixed, like P. Diddy's in there. By the way, the more years that goes by that Biggie has been dead and, and his legend just keeps growing and growing with the fact that nobody's ever matched that guy's ability with humor, storytelling, and being able to paint a fucking picture. Forget about his charisma. It's the last time you saw a guy even remotely with the fucking charisma of that guy. All right? As the years go by and you keep going back, frustrated with the new shit, and you just keep going back to that, that mumbling fucking shit that Puffy does on every fucking track, it's it's like, is can somebody out there send me some fucking biggie tracks where you, you removed Puffy going,
1: that's right Uh uh-huh,
0: okay, in the fucking background or whatever the fuck he says or just repeats every God, the the last word of every line that Biggie says, it's like we heard it. Wasn't it enough for you to be in there with the fucking faders pushing those up and down? I got to listen to your mumbling jackass. Uh, I tell you one of the worst fucking rap songs ever was when he and that other mumbling jackass, Mace, Tell me who's hot, who's not. Tell me who's got hot. You know what? Tell me which one of you is fucking rapping, because I can't tell the deal. Why am I this upset? Anyways, let's 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 dial it down. Let's dial it down. Let's get back to the fucking to the. That's right. Okay. Uh huh. I'm agreeing with him. Um. <laughs> <laughs> ah fuck. So that's one side of the Penguins, and then on the other side. Other and, and, you know, Crosby bitch-moaning and complaining. Mario Lemieux bitch-moaning and complaining about the thuggery, the cheating, and all that fucking shit. And then, like, right in their own goddamn locker room, they have had the exact same thing where you had the Ruth, DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Lou Gehrig. They've had that of the fucking biggest goddamn knee-breakers cheating sons of bitches ever. You know? I, I have this love-hate with the Penguins. You know? I love them because I respect the franchise, and I hate them because... Not because they have these cheating cunts that fucking just go out there and try and end people's careers. It's the fact that they then have the balls to bitch, you know, if that's the kind of hockey the Islanders are going to play, I mean, I don't even know why we're even in this league. <laughs> Meanwhile, you got fucking Matt Cook... In 35 years of watching people play hockey, I've never seen a guy check somebody in the boards and accidentally completely sever the guy's fucking Achilles tendon. How does that happen? I don't know. They say it was a fucking accident. And if it was anybody else, I would have believed it. You know what the sad thing about Matt Cook is? is? The guy can actually play. He's a fucking great player. And he's definitely toned down his shit, but I mean, I can't ever forgive the guy because he ended Savard's career. Guy's on a follow-through of a fucking shot. Could not be more vulnerable. And you come by at 30 miles an hour and hit him with that plastic shoulder blade with, pad, which is like hitting somebody across the jaw with a fucking wrench, and you end his goddamn career. Unbelievable. unfucking. So this is going to be... Uh, this is going to be a brutal series. Um the only fucking weak part i can see on the uh penguins is the they have shaky goaltending you know but just their offensive power i just i am i don't know my heart says bruins but if i was putting money on it i i mean i would say penguins in 6 I know there's a lot of Bruins fans. Dude, what the fuck? What are you fucking saying, kid? What are you you fucking getting all weird now that you're living out in fucking L.A., dude? No. I just watch enough hockey, and I've seen what the fuck they're capable of. Like, Sidney Crosby is literally unstoppable. You know? Un-fucking-stoppable. And if they just had one guy like that, you know, like the Capitals? And Ovechkin's nowhere near uh, Crosby, although he had a great year. Um... Nah, I'm get have those guys fucking whining to me
1: but yeah, he won his scoring title
0: um, the, you know be one if he just fucking had him but the fact that you have all those other guys you know malkin and all those guys i uh, don't it's not it's gonna be fucking i don't know how he's, i you know what I'm calling it right now we we're gonna play the trap we're gonna try and play that boring ass fucking hockey and it's gonna kill me I'm gonna have to watch because it's my team. But I want before anybody sends me the emails. No, I don't enjoy watching it. Even if we win a game, I don't like it because uh, I really enjoyed watching the uh, Penguin Senators series. Even though that one last game was a that seven goal game was a fucking was a blowout. Um, oh, by the way, once again, you know a lot of people explained to me why there was such hatred towards uh, Maple Leaf fans. Toronto in general and all that type of thing and everybody was saying that basically that that's the biggest city in Canada and that's where like all the media is so because all the media is there it's like everybody in Toronto then thinks the whole fucking country or the whole world revolves around them. I'm not saying it's true. I'm an outsider but that's what they say but it reminded me kind of kind of like, like New Yorkers. You know what I mean? Like they just think everything begins... It fucking ends, you know, with like Madison. The only reason why Madison Square Garden is this Mecca is because it's in the middle of the biggest fucking city with all this media here, you know? And a lot of New Yorkers, they really confuse that. It's a Mecca. That's just a gathering place. People come and play hoop there because that's where they can make the most amount of fucking money and get the most amount of media exposure. But that has nothing to do with the Knicks or how good, or the, the the legendary, the Knicks are not legendary. They're not. All right? With Spike Lee sitting courtside, your fucking low-rent Jack Nicholson. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Woody Allen with his awful hat. Jesus Christ. You know? At least L.A., they have the decency to get their faces laminated if you're going to be the celebrity sitting on the side. I'm just fucking with you. Anyway, so the Knicks are out. The Rangers are out because of the Boston Bruins. And uh, once again, the Garden is silent, and it's ready for the circus. The Mecca. That's That's their fucking... That's what happens every goddamn year. Do you realize the Rangers have won one Stanley Cup in the last 73 fucking years? You understand that? Do you realize that in like the fucking 60-something years that the NBA's been around, the uh, New York Knicks have won only two titles? Two titles. Last one they won was in 1973. Oh, let's do the math on that one. That was 40 fucking years ago. That's why Verzi kills me. Dude, the Garden was rocking last night. He's always telling me how loud the Garden is. I'm fucking believable. Really? Okay. L- louder than the fucking piece of shit. TDF XYZ Garden, whatever the fuck they call the Boston Garden. now. When the Bruins came back down fucking three goals in a game seven. Was it louder than that, Paul Verzi? I'm asking you. Um. All right, you're listening to the Monday Morning Podcast here, everybody. Geez, Louise, you know what? I think it's time to tell you guys about some wonderful products that you might not have been aware of. All right, here's one for you. The Dollar Shave Club. Getting a good shave can be a real pain in the ass. Um, Searching through 50 brands, matching new blades to old handles, bullshit features where your razor doubles as a flashlight, vibrator, toothpick. 20 bucks for new razors. That really is a ripoff, by the way. The new razor blades. I love they have them behind a case. You know, like they're giving you gold coins. It's like maybe if you didn't charge 80 bucks for each one, you wouldn't have to fucking lock them up. Um, but anyways, uh, go to dollarshaveclub.com to get high-quality razors delivered to your door for just a couple of bucks a month. They've made it simple. High-quality razors, 100% guaranteed, sent on schedule, so you never have to think about it ever again. Every month, you get a new pack, and every week, you change your blade. And it costs a fraction of what you'd pay at retail. Plus, you don't have to stand in line. Um, I want you to try it. Give it a shot. Let me know what you think. Go to dollarshaveclub.com forward slash burr, B-U-R-R. You'll get a free sample of Dr. Carvey's Easy Shave Butter, which is awesome. With uh, your first shipment, also make the per- it also makes the perfect Father's Day gift. Gift, come on, Bill, hang in there. Dollar Shave Club, something he can actually use. Uh, support this show. Go to DollarShaveClub.com forward slash Burr, or click on the Dollar Shave Club banner on the podcast page at BillBurr.com. All right, Hula Plus, everybody, you've tried streaming hit shows on your PC. On hula.com now it's time to start your free trial of exclusive content in in your living room and on your mobile devices on hula plus with hula plus you get total control to watch thousands of shows whenever you want wherever you want use hula plus on connected tvs game consoles blu-ray players roku is that how you say it apple tv pc or watch from anywhere on your smartphone or tablet on demand at all times even on a plane? Can I do this on a plane? Um, anyways, and with Hulu Plus, you can binge on full seasons. Watch your favorite current shows and either, or even full series runs of classic TV shows. It's endless. Actually, you could do this on a plane because now you can get Wi-Fi. God damn it. This is unbelievable. We're in the future here, everybody. They've got Community, Modern Family, South Park, SNL, Monday Night Raw, The Man Show, Jimmy Kimmel, Family Guy, and more. Feel free uh, to check it out in your own time. Hulu Plus is only seven ninety nine dollars per month. But right now, they're offering an extended free trial of Hulu Plus that is only available to podcast listeners. Take control of your TV watching experience. Go to the podcast page at BillBird.com. Click the Hulu Plus banner for, extend, for an extended free trial or go to HuluPlus.com slash Bill. Again, the Hulu Plus banner on the podcast page at BillBird.com. Or go to huluplus.com slash bill. And we got one more for you. E-Voice, everybody. E-Voice is the reason you're going to make more money in 2013. When your customers call, you'll have your own toll-free number, professional greeting, dial-by-name, directory, and more. You'll sound sound like a Fortune 500 company and blow away your competitors. E-Voice lets you give out one number that rings wherever you are. The beach, the bar, doesn't matter. You'll sound like you're at the office. You got to go to eVoice and use the promo code Bill. Um, eVoice takes all your voicemails, transcribes them, and sends them to you instantly as a text mail, so you can check your voicemails before the meeting ends and not even look rude. eVoice is only ten bucks a month right now. Listeners to my podcast get a free trial of eVoice for thirty days, so check it out. Stop what you're doing, hit pause, set up your eVoice free trial, and see what I'm talking about. It's a great way to support my podcast and an easy way to make more money this year. I hope you guys all do it. Go to evoice.com promo code Bill. That's evoice.com promo code Bill. Or just go to the podcast page, billbird.com, and click on the evoice banner right now. All right? There you go. See that? Helping you shave better. Helping you watch TV better. Helping you get your fucking business going. You know? I'm hoping you leave me behind. <laughs> Someday I'll be reading an ad for your company there. Hey, let's keep, let's keep talking with the sports here, all right? Who's kidding who? I don't watch that much NBA hoop. I don't. I really do. I I like it. I know I shit on it a lot, but uh, I got to tell you, that Dwayne Wade flying fucking elbow, all right? Now, it did look like he was trying to leap over the guy, but at the last second, there was no fucking reason to do what he did. It was like a wrestling move. And I know it's debatable, but what killed me was Reggie Miller and the other commentator, or Steve Kerr, immediately. The first reviewing of it, just go, yeah, that wasn't intentional at all. That's, that you know, it's, it's part of the natural bodily movement when you leap into the air, like one of your elbows just sticks out like that to give somebody a forearm shiver. He fucking gave the guy an impromptu flying elbow. That's what I think. He leapt in the air, you know, because they were kind of crossing over each other in a weird way. He jumped over the guy and was like, oh, there's his head. Yeah, how about you fucking right there, Fred? How do you like they He gave him one of those. The guy collapses in a fucking heat, although I heard he's known for flopping. But it just killed me that just automatically, just, oh, yeah, yeah. Holy shit, look at that elbow. Oh wait, that's one of the superstars of the league. You know, I don't think that there was anything uh premeditated. uh premeditated. There was no malicious act. Just it's ridiculous. If that happened to Dwayne Wade and he went down, I swear to God, both of them would have be like, "See, you know that that right there, that's the kind of thing that just does not belong." in this game at this level or, or at any level for that matter you know i mean there's kids at home watching this game i mean that's just look at that let's watch this again i mean oh that's just disgraceful that's just i mean just premeditated i'll tell you the league's got to take a look at this and uh i would be really surprised if that gentleman was playing the next uh the next contest fucking superstar does it ah, you know he didn't mean anything by that you know he's kind of uh I mean, he was in the air. He had to flap his wings like a bird. You know, he doesn't have any feathers, so he's got to tuck his, his, his hands back towards his torso. It's very normal. Very normal right there. Um, that's it. That's all I know about hoop this week. Other than I'm pulling for the paces. Who else is playing? Who's out in the West? Oh, I love. You know what I love? I love the Spurs and their white guy basketball that they play. <laughs> I absolutely love They their fundamentally sound. Pick and roll, fucking kiss it off the glass. I can't jump either. Game that they play, it's tremendous. There's not a lot of white guys out there doing it, but when I, when I watch the Spurs play, that's it looks like five white guys playing pickup at the Y, and it, and it's effective. I don't know how they do it. So who who are they playing? They're playing the Grizzlies. Um. I don't give a shit. I'm just so elated that the Lakers aren't in it. I'm so fucking elated. Absolutely love it. And I hope Dwight Howard stays with the Lakers the same way I have enjoyed... Um, What's-his-face? Alex Rodriguez staying with the New York Yankees. Alex Rodriguez is my f- most favorite Yankee of all fucking time. You know? As they try to shame him out of town... And he's just like, yeah, you know, you know, you want me to sit down in a playoff game? I don't give a fuck. I'm not leaving that contract. Go fuck yourselves. I'm staying. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, I actually watched a really disturbing uh, YouTube video last night. I, I'm, I'm trying to think of how the hell I got there. I was watching animals. And I was watching these two little fucking weird things. They can't see that well. Their heartbeat, when they're nervous, can go up to like 1,300 beats per minute. You know? Like somebody trying to win one of those fastest hand single-stroke roll drum contests. They, fucking, they can beat them with, with their heart. They can't see that well. And uh, I don't know. They basically they have to live meal to meal. Their heartbeat's so fucking fast that if they miss a meal, they could actually die. A sleuth, a sloth, I don't know what the fuck this thing was, but all I know, they don't see that well and they they two of them don't see each other till they literally run into each other. I gotta find this fucking video. And they just had this the this sickest fight I've ever seen in my life. like they had to slow it down. Like when they were showing it, they're going, this is not sped up footage. This is how fast these guys... It was like watching two flyweights times, like, you know, to the fifth power. So I'm watching that shit, which leads to more shit. And then I see, like, these these, these bloodhounds getting fed. Doing all that shit. Next thing, you know, you just, and you just keep looking to the right. And it's more, you know, eagles killing snakes. Snakes killing fucking this. A mongoose killing a, a fucking uh, black mamba. And then next thing you know... I'm watching these rednecks going bear hunting, all right? And they got all these dogs in these metal cages, and they can stick their fucking heads out. And it's hilarious. They stick their heads out, and they're going, burr, burr, burr. Right? And all the PETA people are, of course, like, They're saying, I want to get out of this cage. They're really excited because they want to go fucking hunting, is what I'm, what I'm thinking they're doing. So I'm like, they're going to hunt these bears with dogs? What the fuck is this? I mean, a bear could just swat one of them and kill them. But what it is is they have so many of them. And basically, the dogs go. They chase the bear. The bear goes up a tree. And then like 10 rednecks walk up to the tree. And then one of them decides, all right, I'll fucking shoot it. And they shoot it and it falls out of the fucking tree. It's just the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Just as far as like, listen, going bear hunting takes unbelievable fucking balls. If it's you and a buddy, you know, and you're in bear country and you could stumble upon a grizzly bear that she's walking with their cubs and then she immediately comes over and tries to rip your fucking face off. And even though you got a gun, that still takes an unbelievable amount of balls. But I got to tell you this. Hunting black bear with, like, fucking ten dogs, five dogs, and they chase it up a tree, and then you show up, watch this, I'm going to shoot that thing that's the size of my garage. Fucking nailed it, man. It was it was fucking disgusting. It was really disgusting. I respect it on one level because you have an ability to live off the land. The dollar crashes. You're like, well, we didn't have anything in the stock market. Fuck it, let's go bear hunting. You know, because those people really are the ones who are going to survive. So I have such a tremendous respect for anybody who hunts and has the ability to go out and and basically go get some food. Unlike me, he's a total pussy and just goes down to the fucking grocery store. Yeah, can I get a pound of, no, make it three quarters of a pound of the turkey. Do you have the smoke? Let me get the smoked turkey. Some Havarti cheese
1: with that. I'd like that,
0: right? That's me hunting. And I get frustrated when I can't find the cereal aisle. So I'm basically one of the guys who, when the shit hits the fan, you know, and I'm in a city and I just get fucking herded into some goddamn FEMA camp, I'm done. Avenge me. I'm done, right? Those rednecks will just fucking back slowly, back off of their property like that dude who tucked his package between his legs in that movie with that chick who was in the fucking pinball movie, right? Silence of the Lambs. And just slowly fucking back out right into the woods and you'll never see him again. They're going to be able to live off the land and fucking ride it out and they'll create a new clan, you know? And they'll be the ones that eventually topple over the bankers after they exterminate everybody and they take all the land and they'll laugh at those rednecks, you know? and just call them a pesky problem. They'll try to hunt them down with drones from their fucking villas. Those fucking rednecks, they're going to be out there covered in mud like Rambo, a little bit of deer urine behind their necks, you know? And eventually, they're going to come back like fucking Attila the Hun (laughs) and all empires' fall. and it's going to be those motherfucking rednecks who do it. Tremendous respect for them, okay? Now, I haven't said all of that, Chasing a fucking bear up a tree with a bunch of goddamn dogs. Did you just see the bear up there? Like, Things just up there like, dude, are you fucking kidding me? You know? It's it's not like chilling, but it's not totally upset. It's like, all right, I'm up a tree. I don't really know what those things are. They're very loud. There's a lot of them. But they don't seem to be able to climb up the tree. So uh, eventually they'll get tired. They'll get thirsty. They'll leave. I'll climb down, you know, crack open a keystone and have a paw full of honey and I'll just, you know, that'll be my day. And then all of a sudden these fucking, you know, just a good old boy, these fucking guys just come walking up and I'm telling you, they're literally standing like maybe 20 yards from the tree and this giant furry beanbag is right up there and they've just shoot it in the neck and then it just falls and they always, they don't they edit out it falling out of the fucking tree. Uh, it's just It was just a, uh, I don't know. Any rednecks out here listening to this where you can defend? I don't know. That just seems like the uh, the tiddlywinks of fucking uh, hunting. You know, checkers, not chess. You know what I mean? To quote Denzel in one of his uh, movies where he screams at the fucking white guy from the suburbs. Doesn't quite, you know, was in over his head. Right? Teaching him the slang. Um, all right, so like I mentioned, I'm here in New York City, and uh, I had a great time last night. I went down to uh, the Comedy Cellar and did like three shows down there. It reminded me of the old days when I used to do all the shows here in New York and fucking jump in cabs and sit back and forth between the clubs. You'd have a new joke, and you get to try it three times in one night. You just can't, uh, you can't put a price tag on that. I ran into Ari Shafir, who was living in L.A. He's now in New York City. Um and he's working his way into the club. He told me last night he's gonna start being leaving a veil, so you can check out Ari Shafir, hopefully, on some upcoming shows. And uh I'm psyched for him. Psyched to watch him grow by leaps and bounds by getting all that uh that extra stage time. So it's been a uh, wonderful thing out here. Oh, I know what you know, I forgot to bring up um the Toronto mayor. Can you guys give me some more information on that guy? They're trying to say that he was smoking crack and he goes uh he goes that there's a video of him smoking crack, he said it doesn't exist. Then he called the media a bunch of maggots. So so immediately I I'm loving this guy. He's talking all this shit, but then I kind of read up on him. And uh, he's got a lot of sketchy shit in the background. I was wondering what you people in Toronto think about the guy. Or in neighboring cities. Do you think he is a piece of shit? Do you think uh, the media is a bunch of maggots? I don't fucking know. Let me know. Anyways, here we go. Bill, as a Penguins fan, I have to ask, do you endorse the Bruins PA announcer going, woo, after goals? If so, what is wrong with you? Um, I have to admit, I hated it when I first heard it. I hated it. Absolutely fucking hated it. And, uh, but I've come to an acceptance, but that the Bruins aren't mine anymore. I'm an old man now. And, uh, it's on to the younger generation, and this is how they're doing it. And, uh, I gotta admit, now when I watch the games, it's the playoffs and they score. I'm so fucking excited that when the guy goes, woo, I fucking do it too. And I feel like fucking Ric Flair, and it's and it's you can call me a douche all day long, and you'd be hundred percent right. It's I can't even defend it. <laughs> and if it wasn't my team, I would be trashing the shit out of it too. I really would. Alright? Well let me ask you this. You guys have Alf Samuelsing, Alf Samuelsing, Alf Samuelson in your ring of honor. Okay? Let me ask you what's worse. Alright? And I know what you're going to say. You're going to say the woo because you don't give a fuck. You don't give a fuck because he's not fucking blowing out the knees of Sidney Crosby. But I can guarantee you cried like a fucking bitch when Crosby was out for a year and a half because that guy gave him a concussion. Right? Or when Mario Lemieux was bitching about the fucking Islanders, you're probably like, yeah, that's right, Mario. That's exactly right. You know? So here I am trashing something that my own fucking team does why don't you grow up and have the ability to do the same if not go fuck yourself okay a few weeks ago i asked you know when when you go to a casino you know what's the deal with the fucking carpets like why they have the ugliest carpets on the planet my theory has always been a casino is so goddamn big the amount of money that you will save by buying the ugliest fucking carpet on the cheap. Um, you know, that's why you do it. When you literally... I mean, how many square feet is is like, you know, the Mirage? How many square feet is the fucking Bellagio and all that? I mean, I mean, it has to be... I have no idea. <laughs> I have no fucking idea. A million square feet? I have no fucking... I mean, how many trucks have to pull up with that goddamn carpeting? So that's why I thought... That it was the it was always ugly carpeting. So here's some theories that people have said to me. Um, hey, Bill, wanted to res- to uh, let you know in response to your five your May 20th podcast. From having worked in the casino industry, I've heard the reason the carpets in the casino are so vomit-inducingly ugly is so people will avoid looking at them and instead look up at all the slot machines, restaurant signage, merchandise, and whatnot. It's a psychological manipulation to focus your attention where they want it. There's also usually a confusing pattern to the carpet, uh, to the pattern. Uh, wait. There's also usually a confusing pattern to the carpet design and overall structural layout to to the place to make you subconsciously wander around and put your money into something rather than having any clue where an exit might be or how how much time has passed. Um, um, I agree with that. I would would agree with the second half. The first half, I don't know. How long would you stare at carpet? You know, like God, look at the fiber. Look how, look how beautiful that carpet is. Um, I would actually think at this point, if you had a beautiful carpet, like a nice fucking electric blue, you know, letting people feel like, oh my God, something exciting's gonna happen here. You know, maybe a piece, something peaceful. you would be, be a little more relaxed when you fucking walked in there. Then you could look around at the whores. I don't know. But as far as like having it, a confusing pattern and a weird structural layout, I mean, if you've ever been if you've never been lost in a casino, you've never been in a casino. What you end up having to do is you gotta pick like a you gotta start memorizing where the restaurants are. Like there's where the sports book is, so I know the elevator is to the right. But if you start cutting through slots and you you're like fucking Oh, another Jack Nicholson reference. Him in The Shining in the end. Wonder As you're going through all those hedges, you're not... <laughs> like, I'm surprised you don't see somebody sitting on the ground, like, dead with an axe in their hand. Not frozen, but, you know, yeah, frozen like those people you pass when you're trying to get to the top of that mountain there. Mount Everest, right? Over there in the Himalayas. Is it in the Himalayas? I have no idea. Here's another theory somebody has. The strange pattern of the carpeting uh, on casino floors is so if you drop a chip, you don't hear it hit the floor and the crazy colors hide the chips if you're looking for them. Um, I don't buy that one either. That just seems like a fucking long way to go to try and make some money. You're already playing a game where the odds are so in favor of the casino. They don't need to be crawling around the floor afterwards vacuuming up chips. I wouldn't go with that. Somebody else said that the reason that they have it is because it's easy to clean up puke stains. I don't know what it is, but please, please bring me more theories to that because I find it fascinating. There has to, I, I out of everything that I, I that was just I just read there, I believe it's a confusing pattern, and it adds to the confusion of trying to get the fuck out of there. And then you just next thing you know, you're, you're playing a game. I, I, that one seems to make the most sense to me. All right. Um, here's the next one here. Where the fuck am I here? All right. Dear Bilbo Faggins, I have recently discovered my lifelong friend is, in fact, an asshole. First, let me give you some backstory. Uh, I've been friends with this kid since car seats and baby teeth. So last year, when I'm looking to move into a new place, I naturally turned to him. Ugh, that's that's not a good thing to do. Living, You know, one of the quickest ways to end a lifelong friendship is to go and live with somebody. Just think of all the people who've fallen in love. You're my soulmate. They get married, and within five years, you know, one of them goes mysteriously missing. You know. Uh, by the way, that's a bad thing to do. If you're going to kill your wife or your husband, you should really go practice on some homeless people and prostitutes first. You know, get you get your murdering game up to par. You know, to really try and get away with the murder with your first murder. When you you have everything to gain with that person being gone, it's no wonder everybody gets caught. You know, you gotta you gotta suck it up. You gotta push your ego down and go to the minors first. Get some at bats down there with the, with the fucking <laughs> the fucking Newark Bears. Take a couple of pokes. You know, get out there, shake the rust off. Um, sorry. Anyways, so he goes. Last year I decided... To move into a new place, I naturally... uh, So when I'm looking to do that, I naturally turn to him. He was living on his own with his cousin and was happy to move in with me. Now, since I have known him so long, I know his tendency to be a slob. I discussed this with him before we moved in and let him know I could only tolerate so much uncleanliness. He responded back in kind and agreed. Now, flash forward to after I move in. I wake up in the middle of the night to snoring that can wake the dead. I do what any normal person would do and go out and ask him to do something since it was keeping me up. The kicker is he wasn't even in his room. He's laying on the floor in the living room. So I wake him up and ask him if he could either A, stop snoring, or B, go to his room. This elicits no response from the beast. He attempts confrontation and finally relinquishes to his room. Yeah, this guy's, uh he's, he sleeps pretty hard. Um. He goes, this has happened on and off now for the past year. Usually, he just gives me the finger now. (laughs) (laughs) Just gives me the finger now when I wake him up for snoring. Clearly, I get the impression that he only cares about himself and gives two shits about anybody else. There's other things like him not cleaning up after himself, not caring for his pet, and some smoking habits that are less than appealing. I'm willing to compromise, though, but he just makes no effort. He refuses to address any of it. He always says he thinks of me as family, but I don't imagine anybody treating their family like this. Actually, that's exactly how you treat family, because you know they're not going to leave you. Um, so he goes. So now, so now I'm moving out, and I haven't told him this is the reason. So what do I? What? So Bill, what do I do? Do I tell him he's an asshole and tell him to kick rocks, or just forget about it and let bygones be bygones? You just forget about it, dude. All right. Because this guy was your best friend until you lived with him. Just like. Just feel bad for his future wife. And this is the deal. One of these days, you know, he'll bring up you guys living together and you'll just laugh about it and just be like, dude, I left because I swear to God I was fantasizing about going out into the living room and chopping your fucking head off, you know? Or just fucking stuffing a chloroform rag in your goddamn mouth. You know, and you can just laugh about it. But to uh, right now, with how upset you are at him, it's going to affect your friendship. Uh, You know, if you're done being friends with the guy, I would bring it up now. But if you're not, then I would just, uh, I would use that story to get laid. That's what I would do. Because it'll be a funny story, and as you're telling the funny story, the woman's going to be listening, being like, Oh my God, this guy's considerate. He picks up after himself? I have this unbelievable urge to suck his dick now. What is that? Why do I do that, guys? That's how I would use it. All right, And then whenever he brings it up, just laugh about it. That's like, uh, I live with uh, Bobby, Robert Kelly, one of my best friends in the whole wide world. We almost killed each other when we lived together. I lived with him. And he was a fucking slob. And I was the fucking. I, I mean, I'm not even that neat. That's the thing. I'm not even that neat. Like, I don't make the fucking bed every day. You know, I always have three, four days of clothes. But I get it to that point, three, four days, and then I pick up. I'm pretty good about doing the dishes. But he he was just like, I'd come back from the road and there would be like dishwater, like six days old or something. And there'd be like noodles from like the Chinese food floating in there. It was like, uh, we didn't have any rubber gloves and I'd have to stick my hand uh, and reach for that plug. Oh, it was fucking nasty. We lived in such a shithole. I got to talk to him about that someday. If he remembers, we had this fucking kitchen. The countertop was this was plastic i don't I don't know what it was, like this hard plastic and it was yellow and it was dirty it was it was so fucking gross, like you couldn't even cook in there. it had this fucking stove I swear to God that if you just you could rock it back and forth two three times it would literally come down like an old shack it was such a piece of shit and then. The guy who actually his name was on the lease used to keep his smelly hockey stuff out there in the kitchen. It was the most disgusting fucking thing. And then there was three guys living there. And like assholes, we had like a bathroom basket out in the kitchen. Not a big like kitchen size, a bathroom one. So it was always always overflowing with whatever the fucking you ate. It was fucking, it was nasty. Ugh, that really just took me back to a bad period in my life. Although it's funny now. It's funny. Yesterday I was over with Bobby and his lovely wife eating some dinner. She cooked a fucking tremendous meal and we started laughing about the old days living together. Right? And I'm still friends with them. You know? And you know what I did? I addressed what a slob he was while we were living together and we went like six months without even speaking to each other after we moved out. And you know what? You don't want to go through that type of shit. But we were both young and immature. Maybe that's where you're at. Maybe you got to go through it. I don't fucking know. Anyway, success story. Hey there, Billy Redface. I'll keep this short, but you gave me spot-on advice a few months ago about my cheating ex-wife, so I sincerely thank you. Well, you're welcome, sir. And if anybody's listening to this, know that I'm a fucking moron. So every once in a while, like you know, you play darts long enough, you're going to hit a bullseye. All right? But you guys listen to me and my advice at your own fucking risk. All right? So anyways, he goes, I couldn't be happier. My real question is how long were you single before you met Nia and would you care to share any of your bad dating stories? Um, Thanks and fuck Sid the Kid and the Pussy Penguins Bruins and Six. All right, Bruins fans. Um, How long was I single? I was single for quite a while. Um, I don't remember. So fucking long ago. I don't know, a couple of years couple of years but i was not, i was never good at being single doing that whole fucking playboy thing you know talking girls into bed and all that type of shit. i always felt like shit afterwards unless the girl was like fucking smoking hot and then you had like can't believe she slept with me man you know kind of vibe i never uh i don't know you know this by the time i figured out how to talk a woman in bed by then i was like in my early 30s, and there was always something that, you know, if you're fucking talking to somebody like, you know, 22, 23, and they're just fresh out of college. I, I literally, it was like the pussy verges of watching those rednecks hunting bear with dogs, you know? I just didn't feel the uh, the sense of accomplishment after a while, you know? Ah, I'm a big softie. What can I tell you? Anyways, the man great system, everybody. Father's Day, it's right around the corner, everybody. All right? And whose dad doesn't like to grill? You know? Everybody's dad likes to go out there. Even the people who don't like to grill. There's just something about being a guy cooking some raw meat over an open flame. I don't know what it is. You just, you actually in your in your head you feel like you hunted that thing down. Like you shot that cow, you know? <laughs> <laughs> that saber-toothed cow, you just, you just, I don't know what it does. It's in your DNA. So this Father's Day, think the man grate. What is the man grate, you ask? Well, I'm going to tell you. Put your eyebrows down because here comes the information. They are 100% made-in-America cast-iron grilling grates that are revolutionizing the way people grill. Heavy-duty grilling grates deliver exactly what you need to achieve that perfect steakhouse flavor. This is making me hungry right now. Chicken, steak, or veggies will never have tasted so good. No more flare-ups. No more dry meat guaranteed. Named one of the 2012's best grilling accessories by Men's Health magazine. Mangrates are the perfect gift for dad this Father's Day. Go to Mangrate.com and enter the coupon code BURR, B-U-R-R, for their 1999 Father's Day special, or click the Mangrate banner on the the show website. 20 bucks. You're going to hook up your dad for the whole summer. And basically, if you don't understand what they are, you know, when you buy a grill, they come with those anorexic, you know, like those aluminum grill racks. You know, you're trying to mark up your steak. It doesn't look good. But then when you go to a steakhouse, they got those nice thick ones. You know what I mean? That's what those are. It's basically, it's like a hot rod. You're upgrading the quality. And it's 100% made in America, 100% cast iron, 100% steakhouse quality grilling in your backyard. All right. So remember, each Monday morning podcast order also comes with a heavy-duty grilling brush for 20 bucks, people. Again, that's the Mangrate Grill Enhancement System. Order today at Mangrate.com. Mangrate.com and enter the coupon code BURR, B-U-R-R at checkout. All right? All right. Last advertising of the week. Week, 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 week. Zoom, everybody. America was built by innovators and dreamers. People like Edison, Henry Ford, and then they write, feel free to add your own example of an innovator slash dreamer. Because last week I I laughed when I read Steve Jobs. Uh, Edison, Henry Ford, and Joe DeRosa. Joe's a dreamer. He likes dreaming because dreaming can make him mine. Um, But it's the inventors and entrepreneurs all around us. People like you that made America such a great country. That's right. This month LegalZoom celebrates innovators by helping. What they're really saying there was at some point Edison and Henry Ford were just like you. Go into a football game with that plastic hat with the beer cups and the straw to your mouth. You know, and then one day they were like, I got to get my ass together. The next thing you know, you got lights in a car. All right, so what are you doing? What great idea are you sitting on that you need to protect it? You don't want some corporation to steal it from you? Go to LegalZoom.com. This month, LegalZoom celebrates innovators by helping them launch their dreams. Apply for a patent to sc- secure your, in, uh, your invention. How awesome is that, applying for a patent? Uh, register your trademark to protect your products, services. Incorporate or form an LLC and launch your business dream. Just call or visit LegalZoom.com and they'll take care of you from start to finish. They've already helped a million businesses get started the right way. Okay, so if you got that great idea, okay, the first step towards your dream is going to LegalZoom.com and making sure that you're incorporated so nobody can sue you and and the next one is you got to get a patent so nobody can steal your idea, all right? Then you're off to the races and I hope all you guys make a zillion dollars and it all starts with LegalZoom.com. All right, let's get back to the questions here. Uh, I really do want that for all of you guys you know if you're happy in a cubicle I know I break your balls about that but if you're happy you don't give a fuck then you know happiness I'd like to, I'd like to like for you to achieve happiness um so anyways off to join the army ba-da, 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 da-da, all right this is a good memorial day email hey bill thanks for all the funny well you're welcome he said I've come to a point uh, in life where decisions have to be made. For the past seven years, I've been working within an industry that has thrown me so many curveballs and fuck yous that it just doesn't seem normal. The brief roundup of what I've been through. Shit can three once, three, three weeks be- after buying a house. Oh, my God. You know, I've, I've never had to deal with stress that level. I can't imagine that one. Number two, business closed two weeks before my wedding. Oh, my God. So not only are you not making money, you now have to be even more involved in the wedding planning because you don't have the, I got to go to work, excuse. All right, number three, numerous dead-end jobs and whatnot leading up to today. Although I have had the pleasure of listening to the wise words of Burr. uh, I don't know about that, dude. You're listening to a moron that you can relate to. You said, uh, I have decided enough is enough. I'm off to join the army. Going to do a trade, throwing away eight years within the tech industry to become a chef. Uh, so be a chef in the army. There you go. You just hang back and peel potatoes. That's what I. No, you're not even that. You fucking make that shitty army food taste unbelievable. You know. And then you got. Then you know. Then you get fans within the army. Then you come out. Don't blow all your money on hookers and all of that bullshit. Save all your fucking money. Be a chef in the goddamn army. And then when you get out, you know, start your own restaurant. I'd experiment with food and find out what the average American likes. You know, you have a, a total like demographic right there running the gamut. You got people from all 50 states. All right. And some of them know how to cook. Maybe the southern guy can teach you how to make some of that fucking barbecue. You know, somebody out in Buffalo can show you how to make some wings that are juicy on the inside, crunchy on the outside. This is a tremendous opportunity. You can go see the fucking world. And, uh, I know there's other people in the army. See the fucking world over the middle of this fucking shithole. I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to put a positive spin on this. Yeah, it is. It is what you. What, it's what you. What you put into it. So he goes. There's a lot of hard work ahead. Yeah, that guy yelling in your ear. What kind of chef do you know can go through an obstacle course? I hope you're going to do some push-ups, buddy. And he goes. It'll be well worth it in the end. If all goes to plan, I'll be away from home and the wife for eight months. Nobody said I'd get a holiday, too. Uh, LOL. Anyways, just wanted to say thanks, and I'll be sure to listen always, even when I'm living on some base far away from my friends and family. All right, dude. Well, good luck for you, man. If you feel like that's the right way to go, I hope you come back to being a chef, though, man. You know, if you if that's actually in your heart, um, you know, it's funny that story just reminded me of something, and I was laying down, and then I just sat up, and now I can't even fucking remember. The fuck, I gotta go back and reread some of this shit. I'm a chef, uh, hard work will be worth it. Ah, fuck. What happened to my brain? Huh? What happened to it, everybody? All right. We're almost, oh, I know what it was. Getting into shape. I got to show you this YouTube video. And by the way, I love YouTube more than anything on the fucking planet. It's one of the things that I always go to. But this whole thing where they're not letting you say I don't want to use my real name. You know, I don't want to use my real name. I don't. Not because I write cunty shit. Just because I don't want people knowing who the fuck I am. You know, I don't even really leave that many comments on YouTube. But you know what it is? I just don't like how they're not giving me the option to say no. So you keep hitting the refresh button and, you know, it's getting to the point. You know, well, you know what I would do? If I had any sort of computer savvy, I would just start a total ripoff of YouTube where you could remain anonymous. And you just have the exact same fucking videos. And anyways... I, I don't know how I, I'll try to find this YouTube video. We're gonna have it up there. This guy has this fucking plank position five minute fucking workout that I'm gonna start doing. You know the plank position where you basically it's like you're in the push up push up position, but you're in, you're you're on your forearms. So he he does each one of these positions for 15 seconds. All right. This is basically the workout as far as I can remember it. All right. So you're doing the original plank position. You're on your forearms. 15 seconds. All right. Next 15 seconds, you just have your left arm pointed straight ahead like you're doing Sieg Heil, Heil Hitler, right? You do that, and then after 15 seconds, you put that down. Now the right hand, Heil Hitler, right? This is by no means pro-Nazi. I'm just trying to give you a visual here. Or you could just watch the fucking video. All right, then the next 15 seconds, your left leg straight out, put that down, then your right leg straight out, right? And then then you go uh, left leg, right hand, right? arm. It's like a balance of thing, and then the opposite of that, then you go to your – it's fucking insane. Like the longest I've ever been able to do the plank position when I was in really good shape was like two minutes. So I'm on this shit. I'm on this shit. All right? So do it with me. I'm going to uh, put a link up to the podcast page, the YouTube video, and hopefully you don't have to go through that rigmarole of uh, having to leave your real name. If you do, just hit the refresh button. But I found lately if you hit the refresh button too much, it just keeps going back to it, and then you just have to shut it off and then just click on YouTube again. It's a pain in the ass. I don't know why they're doing it, if anybody knows why. Um, I mean, one of it, I kind of would be great if people who write all that racist shit actually had to leave their real names. Maybe they wouldn't. Um, But what does that really solve? They're still going to be racist, you know? They just know not to say it out loud so they won't lose their jobs, right? Isn't that right? I don't fucking know. Anyways, um, that's the podcast for this week, everybody. Um, I still had a couple of good ones to read here. Can you remind me, you know, what 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 else you got to do? It's Memorial Day, right? Let's read a couple more horses. Uh, hey, Bill, thanks for your relationship. Uh, think of your relationship with your dog. This is what you can you can have with a horse, but it's more. Oh yeah, because I said if I ever had a horse, I'd love to have a horse that I never rode. I hate that whole breaking the horse. He goes, dogs are kind of like happy-go-lucky buddies. They have a lightness. Horses are like noble dogs. They are a little smarter and can be even more emotional than a dog. So they, uh, so they can be even more loyal than a dog. They, they have to be won over. Oh, you left out the B. They have to be won over with respect. And once you do this, they consider it a pleasure to have you ride them. It's a two-way thing that's hard to describe. Watch the movie Black Beauty, the one with Alan Cummings as the voice and go fuck yourself. Um, all right. I, I don't know that they... Would you ever find it a pleasure to have 150 to 200 pounds on your back? Imagine if you had a backpack that weighed, let, we'll just say 180 pounds. And not only was it on your back, it was fucking slapping your ass telling you to go faster. <laughs> And which way to go? Would you enjoy that? I don't know. More horse stuff. I want to know. I want to know because I love horses, but I just can't. I could never break one. That would kill me. That really would. That would hurt my fucking heart. Uh, Underrated. Uncle Billiam. This could be the underrated of the century. Keeping your dick in check, flipping the script on the ladies, and refusing your woman's sex. I just told my girl no sex till she goes and applies for 10 jobs today. And the look on her face was priceless. Like she just had no clue what just happened. Looked like a little kid that had just been, just had its teddy bear stolen. Love the podcast and go fuck yourself, you redheaded bastard. Uh, yeah, no, nah, that's a great one. That's a great one. I mean, you're fucking with that. That's You know what? You having your dick in check is like your woman um, fucking bench pressing more than you. That's basically it. I mean, the core thing a guy has over a woman is that he's physically stronger. Okay? The core thing a woman has is, she, is that we're run by our dicks. Well, I mean, they're also smarter. I think they're just they're, – I, I do think women are smarter in, in a lot of areas just because they have to be. It's a nature thing. You know? We're stronger, so we don't we, – I think we just didn't use our brains as much. Back when you could fucking drag a woman around by her hair and beat her with a branch – I said, shut the fuck up, you know? You didn't have to grow as a human being. They had to sit there and be like, how do I get that big dumb oaf to do exactly what I want him to do? I can't grab him by the fucking throat. How can I make him do it and actually make him feel like it's his decision, you know? Anyways, whatever. That's the podcast for this week. Go fuck yourselves. Um, I'm touring with the Teen Idol sensation. We're going to be at the Count Basie Theater this Wednesday. You know, 1 o'clock jump. Count Basie fucking theater out in Red Bank, New Jersey. And then we're going down to some fucking theater in Baltimore. I don't have the names of these. On Friday and then Saturday, I don't know. I'm in some place in, no, Thursday I'm in Baltimore. Friday I'm in Pennsylvania. And then Saturday I wind it up with two shows Down there and what do you call it? In fucking Atlantic City. And uh, tickets have been selling unbelievable. The best I've ever sold in my career. And I want to thank all you guys. It means the world to me that you guys are coming out to my shows. And I get to continue living my dream here. Alright? So thank you for that. That's the podcast. Like I said, go fuck yourselves. Have a great Memorial Day. And uh, I'll talk to you next week.